0: fellowship portion of our service is so important daddy loves his children embracing smiling encouraging amen and just hanging out being together every one of you have unique personalities that daddy gave you the enemy don't like you and he'd like to amen have a part in your personality wouldn't he? anybody agree I can tell you he's he's kind of influenced mine a little bit over the years. And uh, thank you, Lord, that Jesus comes to the rescue and sets me free from that. And he wants to do that for all of us today. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. And he is faithful and just to finish what he started. And you made a good decision today, which you are the owner of your decision. Pretty much all we own is our choices. When you break it down and look at it from heaven's lens, God has given us responsibility to make a choice. He will not make it for us. Amen. And so my question today would be if all that we are and all that we have happens to be on loan from God, then what if I don't agree with it? How does that impact how God's able to work in my life? If all that I am and all that I have in my possession is on loan from God, if by chance I don't agree with the fact it's on loan from God, how does that impact me? Amen. Good question. Because last week, we were encouraged to hear that uh, the battle is the blessing. The battle is the blessing. As Shireen said today, that God wants us to go through the fire and be purged. What are we being purged from? Amen. What is it that I need to be set free from? What kind of thinking do I need to be delivered from? What am I entertaining that I don't know is a problem in my life and a problem to my relationships and a problem to, amen, me personally? Amen. A problem to my identity. Amen. Do y'all agree that there's some identity crisis going on in our world? I mean, it's interesting when you just stop for a moment and consider what you're hearing on the news and then consider what's being said in our culture just on the... And I don't do social media well at all. But if you take a moment and just kind of observe it, you'll find, my goodness, there's an identity crisis going on. And for good reason. And so I want to talk to you today about On, Long, From God. Own loan from God. I got up a couple of days ago to have my cup of coffee in the morning. And so as I made my way to the, and it was before daybreak, so I made my way there to uh, prepare my cup of coffee, which I was anticipating. It's that first drop that I'm so excited about. <laughs> I hope it's good to the last drop, but what's wrong with the last drop? It's a question, you know. And so I'm about to make my coffee, and the Lord put into my spirit this question. He he said, "Uh, who owns that coffee pot, son? And I almost blurted it out. I do. But I didn't. I got checked. Don't you say that. And so, I said, in my spirit, obviously you do. He said, "What? How are you going to treat it now since you agree with the fact that I own that coffee pot?" I'm just talking about a coffee pot, y'all. A coffee pot. Y'all tracking? We're talking about a coffee pot. And God was taking a coffee pot that probably ain't worth nothing right now when it comes to value. I might probably give it to somebody, but it's valuable to me because right now it makes some good coffee. And he began to put it in my spirit how that since I'm not the owner of that coffee pot and my identity in relation to that coffee pot is I'm a steward of what belongs to him wow began to happen to me that morning y'all very important thing happened to my spirit that morning and uh y'all feel what i feel and he said it's not going to take you any extra time to to steward that piece of machinery there that belongs to me son he said you can have your cup of coffee i want you to have it matter of fact i'm excited that you're excited about a cup of coffee son he said, but um, that's my coffee pot, and there's be others using it that I love, too, and I want them to enjoy some coffee out of that coffee pot. And I found out that as an owner, I might just leave it the way I want to leave it, because it's my coffee pot, or if I have the right understanding of who I really am, I might have a little bit more appreciation of the one that actually does own it. And I might act out how he would tend to it. And You know what I found out? It didn't take me any extra time to make sure the reservoir was full, to clean it up, and to have it ready for the next son or daughter of daddy, the owner, came to enjoy The coffee out of that coffee pot. And he put something in me that took root. Now, you're thinking, well, Pastor, you didn't know that that belonged to God? (laughs) Yeah, but attitude has a lot to do with stuff in life. A coffee pot? Think about it. God wants to give us his kingdom. And he's giving the king; he's given it to us. We're just not taking advantage of it because we're not in agreement on a level with him on who we are, whose we are. Amen. And I want to just take a few moments today and talk to you about on loan from God. If the battle that you're going through right now is the blessing, if that's true. And that battle is important for you to move to the next level of experiencing your heavenly father on a new level, which always includes the identity that you have. If any man or woman be in Christ Jesus, they are a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Your emotional makeup gets healed spiritually, mentally, and physically. God wants us to enjoy the best. He's not okay with his kids living in a dynamic less than who he is. Amen. He's not sick. He's not poor. He's not mentally challenged. And he doesn't produce that. But we've all been touched emotionally by all of this stuff. Because we really don't know who we are or whose we are. And we're all on a wonderful journey. And I can say God's grace is in this room. And again, as he always prompts me to remind you, your best days are before you. You haven't lived in any level like you're about to live and on the level he wants you to live. There are testimonies in the making right now because you are listening. You're tuned in. Lord, what is it that I need to hear you say right now? And he's attracted to you and I being attracted to him. And the more I open up, I can be doing it very slowly, but he's moving very quickly. It don't look like it, but let me encourage you, He says, if you will just feel after him, just take a moment and just, you know what, Lord, if you're real, I'm going to take a moment and just feel after you and see who you are. He said, I will suddenly come, suddenly to the one that decides to just feel after me. And since we're spirit beings first, amen, he formed what we wear, it's called this body, Amen, which belongs to him, and we'll read that pretty, it's blunt. (laughs) He formed this body out of the dust of the earth, out of earth, and he put his spirit, which was alive in the very beginning, in it. And he called male and female Adam. (laughs) Amen. But Adam decided, since they they owned their choice, and God made sure to choose. They made a decision not to let him be in charge, not to let him remain a man in their thinking, the one as owner, and it brought death. I would submit to you today that the enemy knows if we don't understand who owns us, whose we are, and that everything in our possession belongs to him, This is what the Lord spoke to my spirit. He said, the moment that you agree with the idea, son, that you're an owner, a door opens spiritually and the enemy's able to come in like a flood. And the enemy knows, and I'm just encouraging everybody, our culture right now promotes ownership. And we've all got deeds and we've all got evidences and tickets (laughs) From the store that we own something. And in our culture right now, if you have enough possessions, you're successful. And our culture sees success based on what a person holds in their possession. And so there is a pursuit called, in our country, called the American dream. And it's not the kingdom of God dream. (laughs) But yet it's attractive to the flesh. The flesh is at war with God. The flesh is an enemy of God. And I'm not talking about your body. I'm talking about the carnal mind. The idea that I need to be in charge. It's affecting our relationships, it's affecting our health, it's affecting our mentality. And it's important that we pause a little bit today since we say we're all believers and reconsider the idea of ownership today. And if you go and Google it, it's messed up. Ownership is is not the right. And if you believe that definition, you're in trouble when it comes to your true identity in Christ. Now, let me say it this way. If a possession that I have in my care, I believe that I own it is not going to bring happiness to me. Why would I want to own it? If it's not going to produce joy and peace in my life, why should I possess it on the level that I think I'm the owner of it? And so we watch it in our children because we were kids at one time. That toy that's brand new, it'll last just a few moments and then I want something else. I'm happy that I got it and I'm glad you finally figured out it's mine. Come on, y'all. After we were able to say mama da dada, the next word was mine. And we could express the idea of mine even before we could say mine. True? Yet in our world right now, that idea is rampant and it's not just in the kids. It's in humanity. And the spirit that is working that idea goes to church too, amen? That's why nobody in this room is a church goer. Everybody in this room is the church. (laughs) Amen. So, if the battle is the blessing and giants are in the land, well, come on, we're just, we, we're rehearsing just quick a synopsis of last week that when God ushered them into the promised land, there were giants in the land. Amen. The biggest giant they had to deal with before they dealt with the giants in the promised land was their own self, that person in the mirror. And so they sat down at Jordan, they, they sanctified themselves and they repented for three days. They dealt with that, want to get that giant slayed so that we could walk across on dry ground through Jordan, another type of baptism, y'all, into promise. But they were going to face giants in the land and they did. And you are too, when you, when you go into the promise of being filled with the promise, the battle is the blessing. It's important for you to get that because you to become who God designed you to be, you have to face the giants. And some of you are saying, well, how do you kill a giant? I'm glad you asked the question. Amen? Because most of us in this room are still putting up with the giants hanging around. And we're, we're wondering why, as a believer, we've got these spiritual, mental, and physical challenges And it don't equal what God promised. And the idea that I'm going to kill the giant looks attractive. Let's do it. But attitude is everything. Let me say it this way. David introduced giant slaying to us in a unique way. Now, they were killing giants prior to David. Because there were giants in the land when they crossed over. And we, we know of a, a man by the name of Caleb that said, I want my mountain. He's 80 plus years old. And he says this to Joshua, the one in charge. I'm just as strong as I was 40 years ago. Give me my mountain. Amen. He knew who he was. And he took his mountain and there was many giants in that mountain and he took them out but he had an attitude focus because he believed 40 years ago a generation ago that we can we're well able we can take what belongs to us and i feel in my spirit that some of y'all are agreeing that wow i can go to the next level in my spirit i can take this I can, I can be set free from fear and anxiety and this idea of scarcity. I can be healed in my body. Amen. I, I, I can take what belongs to me. It's already been given. It's already been given. Have we taken advantage of it? That's the reason we're having this conversation today in the spirit, because there's miracles right in front of us right now. Amen. And daddy wants his kids to have it more than we want them. Let me say it this way. Jesus gives a parable. And in this parable, now you have, that haven't read the Bible, you're going to have to go do your homework. And that's a good thing because he'll talk to you if you, if you read it with an open heart. This parable That Jesus gave had to do with three stewards. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. And a talent then equaled 32 years of wages. Pretty good amount of valuables, isn't it? So the one that had one talent, and he gave according to their ability. He does not give outside of our ability. Isn't that interesting? But his will is that we take what he gives us within our ability to be stewards, and we realize who we are, and we put it to work. Amen. And so the Lord goes on a journey for a while, and he comes back, and he comes straight to them, They had these things in their possessions, but nowhere in the parable do you ever get the indication that any of those three men owned anything. He came back, the the owner, the owner did, for what was his, and the one with five talents brought five more talents and gave them to him. And the Lord says, well done. Wow, awesome. You've been faithful over little. Now, let me just take a moment just. Go. He had how much wages? For how many? He had like, you know, five times three, that's about 160 years of wages that he had in his care. And he brought another 160 years on top of that and handed it off to the owner, which was his daddy. Are y'all tracking yet about being children of God? He wants us to be happy. You don't want to be the owner because there's responsibilities that go with whatever you possess if you're the owner. But if you're a child, you get the benefits of everything you possess, and you don't have to worry about fixing nothing and paying the taxes or whatever it is. Y'all going to catch on in just a minute. Well, Pastor, what if I own a house? That's the problem. You think you own the house, and you'll stay up at night wondering what we're going to do with all this stuff we got to fix. I I know, cause I was thinking I own some things until God says no. That coffee pot, you don't even own that, Doc. A coffee pot. But when I got to thinking about the fact that that Tammy and I have in our possession a house, but he owns it. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, now you're catching on, son. I've already given the angels assignments. This is really going to help some of us today. Israel comes out of Egypt and their shoes and their clothes wouldn't even wear out for 40 years. Why? Because they knew they wasn't the owner. Had they considered the idea that they owned that, They would have wore out in about three months, but because they knew they were children of God and that everything they had in their possession belonged to God, the clothes couldn't wear out. Somebody's going to catch on in a minute that you happen to have the most powerful and the biggest daddy on the block. And when he says something, if I'm in agreement with him on any level when he speaks, it's creative. On, loan, from. Somebody's getting delivered right now. (sighs) Amen. I can't fix nobody. I can't deliver from anybody, but I can be daddy's son. And you can be daddy's son or daughter and we can agree on what daddy's saying. And when we get together and we start talking about what daddy's telling us, they have understanding, speak often one to the other. They shall know their God and do great exploits, not because they own anything, but because they know who they are and whose they belong to. Amen. And so, David comes along, understanding who he was—a man after God's own heart—as a young lad, and Goliath is breathing out threatenings. Anybody ever heard, Amen? Some threatenings before? Yeah, you're hearing it right now in our world—wars and rumors of wars—and Amen. You don't know what's going to happen next And Israel. Was running and hiding behind the rocks and finding places they because they didn't know what to do with that that giant. David knew who he was, and he's like, Man, who is this cat talking like that to us? Who does he think he is? Go, go check out his conversation. This uncircumcised Philistine, and I'm not speaking against any culture, we're talking about a spirit that is not circumcised by Jesus, not covered in his grace, in his blood, in his love. Amen? God loves everybody, but he hates the lying spirit. And Goliath was a lying spirit that could be considered a devourer because he says to David when David comes, he said, what, are they, what, what do you mean sending me a child? oh i'll feed you to the fowl of the air and the beast of the field and that's how the enemy talks he's intimidating he's very he'll put fear on you and he'll make you think you got a hoard because you feel like there's scarcity and you live in a idea that i'm lacking Anybody ever thought that before? I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. And you start agreeing with that lying spirit. No, you just need Jesus right now. And the angels are on assignment. They're going to start taking care of things for you. But they can't because we won't believe. Some of us will get this in a moment. Jesus went to his own hometown, and he could do no mighty miracle. Why? Because of their unbelief. And they all grew up with him. They knew, oh, that's just the carpenter's son. Amen. But guess what David does when that lying spirit of which he was not even in the slightest intimidated with matter of fact, the pastor of that church called Israel tried to get him to wear religious armor. Tried to dress him up, ready for battle. And David said, I can't do this. That don't work for me. I know who I am. And I took a bear out with my bare hands. And I took a lion out with my bare hands. Man, who is this young lad? I'm going to go in the name of the Lord. And the Lord is going to take him out. And when he gets there to Goliath, he challenges Goliath back. He said, though, the Lord is going to take you down today. I've come in his name. I'm just available. I know who I am. He's on me right now. And I know when he's on me, you're in trouble. Y'all got to catch this today. The Lord wants you to have a knowing in the spirit. You can't get it any other way. That's what the promised land was typed out in Israel. It was the promise that Jesus come to give 2000 years ago. And he tells the group that's hanging out with him, Oh, you see all these signs and wonders and these things I'm the greater you're going to do, but he tells them, I want you to hang out Amen, and, and put your heart towards me and I'm going to come back and baptize you in spirit and in fire. And you're not going to guess about who you are no more. You're going to know it. And then when you know who you are, you can be my witnesses. We've got to be set free from our Christian cliches. The Lord's good. Yeah, but do you believe it? I'm a child of God, but do you believe it? Oh, I'm a believer. Amen. I follow Christ. Really? Really? Let's talk about that. And I'm not looking at you in a judgmental way. I'm, I'm stating, amen, if you are, then you know who you are. You're not guessing, amen. And when, when we're walking in the spirit, the spirit is slaying giants. What, what if following Jesus, his intent is every day that we follow him is that we get closer And closer to being able to forgive 490 times in one day. What if? But if you know him and you know he's the answer and you know that his presence is on, you're not guessing about that. You know that. That Jesus came to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, but he can't do it without our availability. Amen. So everything that I have in my possession is on loan from God. I'm going to read that here in a minute. The second man came with not only three talents, but another three. And he hands it to the owner. Here is your possessions. And he says, well done, thou good and faithful. We're finding out identity now. He's a steward. (laughs) You've been faithful over little. Well, hold it just a minute. Let's just add that up in our mind. That was 92. That's that's 185 years of wages. You've been faithful over little. I'm going to make you ruler. He's not talking about ruling people, lording over people. (laughs) He's ready to put you and me on display before all of his creation and let them know, amen, where his identity truly is, is in his body. But there was one that had 32 years of wages that the owner, his father, put in his care. And as a son, his father was saying, I want you to understand as a child in my kingdom, you're a steward and you're going to be like me. But he wasn't like his father. He went and hid it in the earth because he feared. Amen. Have you ever done anything for Jesus because you fear? (laughs) I won't get no spanking. (sighs) Think about it. You're working for God because you're afraid of God? How is that ever going to be productive in the kingdom of God? God never intended one of his children to ever fear him in the sense of being afraid. The fear he talks about is respect. (sighs) Honor our father. Agree with him on who he says you are. Take your place in his identity so that he can work through you his glory. Anything can happen now. I'll give you another point of reference. There's this banquet going on, and the, the Lord of the banquet says to the servants, Go out and bid his VIPs, which is his stewards, Amen, Israel, bid them come to the banquet. And so his servants, which are his angels, they go and do that. And they said, uh, when they got back, said, we invited them, but they had excuses. Anybody ever had an excuse why we couldn't do something before? I, I know. And they told the master, the owner, said, one said, I bought a piece of property. I need to go check it out. Another said, I bought five yoka." And it's usually, I bought, I bought, I'm the owner. I, I, and I married a wife. This is good stuff, y'all. Now, this is what the Lord done. Cause I, have reconsidered. That's my wife. I've cons- reconsidered that. And I asked the Lord, Lord, is, is that my wife? Tammy, is Tammy, my wife. He says." When you look at it from my lens, she's my daughter. Got you. I hear you. I am now instead of talking about my wife, I'm more focused like that coffee pot. I see his daughter. Don't you, you see the attitude shift? And that's for every relationship. Are you my brother? Yeah, if you if I'm looking at you correctly, as daddy's son or daughter, you know, brothers can beat up on a brother, but you, you know, if somebody else do, they going to get messed up. You know, as long as it's my sister or brother, I can, I can beat them up, but you can't that's messed up. But we allow that lie, which is a giant to get in our spirit. And the Lord says, the only way you can be set free of it, you've got to let me come to my house, son, and be Lord in my house so that I can address the giant and kill it so that you can see your brother as my child, my son, my daughter. It's amazing how attitude, everything's an attitude, ladies and gentlemen. Everything. Is an attitude. In God's kingdom, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. It's identity, fullness of joy, peace that passeth all understanding. And if I agree with this lie that says, well, that's my brother, I can beat him up, but you can't, am I saying what the giant's saying? Am I acting out what the giant's acting out? We're talking about on loan from God, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to read this to you so that you'll know that I'm coming out of the book called The Bible with this principle and precept. (laughs) Now, keep in mind, one purchased land, another purchased oxen, and another married a wife. That's where the big dilemma comes in our growing in Christ. Because as long as I purchase the land, the flesh is in charge. Where did we come from? The earth. Think about it. I'm just just sharing with you. That person in the mirror, you got to deal with that giant first. Do you own this body? Well, if I'm not owner of this body, how am I taking care of it? Well, I can do what I want, it's my body. I'm just pausing for effect. It's all about attitude, isn't it? If I purchase five yoke of auction today, what does that mean? You just bought a business. Five yoke of oxen. You're an entrepreneur back then. you finna to move some earth. They're they gonna be fields of crops. And yeah, cause you couldn't eat it all. But I own it, right? And I married a wife. Don't forget about it being daddy's daughter. That's my wife. Yeah, that's going to cost you more than you want. Right? It's all about attitude. So that being said, it says it this way. And um, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, for the guests that are here and you want to know this is in the Bible, it says it this way. It says, uh, verse 19, have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. You never really did anyway. For the gift of God... The Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You are God's expensive purchase. He gave everything to purchase me and you. Paid for with tears of blood, so so by all means then use your body to bring glory to God. That's pretty profound when you you think about it. In Psalms 24.1, reading from the NLT. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Now, answering the question who owns everything would be important. Wouldn't you agree? Answering the question of whose you are, amen, and who you belong to. Psalms 50 and 10. Every animal of field and forest belongs to me, the creator. I know every movement of the birds in the sky. Every animal of the field is in my thoughts. The entire world and everything it contains is mine. If I were, to, if I were hungry, do you think I would tell you? For all that I have created, the fullness of the earth is mine. Am I fed by your sacrifices? Of course not. It's pretty clear in the Scripture that the moment I think I own something, I'm entertaining a spirit called idolatry. Has anybody worked overtime to try to get something before? And you would sacrifice very important things from heaven's lens to get something that you wanted bad enough. And it impacts your relationship with your family, impacts your health, impacts your mental capacity. At the expense of everything that God puts value in, you go after the thing that you want to own. I'm not, do y'all know I'm not preaching to anybody here. I'm talking about the guy I deal with in the mirror. I got spooky stories left and right from the guy I deal with in the mirror. And the only hope I have is that daddy talks to me about my relationship with him based on what I do have in my care called choice. I got a few more minutes. My wife and I like to believe that we have children. But I read where my children are his heritage. They belong to him. And that my wife and I are stewards of his heritage. And the temptation is to say, no, that's my kids. And if you believe that, the enemy has access to come in and play in your house. And you'll adopt ideas principles and precepts that you think are good because I know how to parent. I do everything that my mom and dad didn't do before me. Right? And we measure our ability to be parents based on the fact that mom and dad did all wrong and I know what's right now. And the enemy loves that. He loves for us to take ownership of things that belong solely to the creator because it gives him free access to come in and make us think that we're intelligent. Amen? And we get a degree all right, but it's not a kingdom degree. I'm talking about the guy in the mirror. So my wife and I, we thought, And we both agree. We thought we knew what we were doing. And we were very protective of our kids. Very. Not that we were perfect parents and not that we didn't make mistakes. But we tried to protect our kids from all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Instead of focusing on them becoming who God says they are as stewards and letting them learn how to make good choices even if they were bad. And if we thought that they might make a bad decision, we made a decision for them. Parent, any parents that need to do that? I'm gonna make that decision for you cause you're dumb. <laughs> and they keep continue to be dumb until they learn, until we let them, at every stage of growth, there's a level, you know, as a baby, they can't make very many decisions for themselves. And so you make decisions for them, but each as they grow up, every couple two or three years, it's another level of okay trust. All right, they're gonna make bad choices, and they get to they get to go through the battle, the battle of making bad decisions and growing with it. You know, my wife and I come to realize. That all this while, while we're trying to protect them, the protector was available (laughs) Mm. and that he would already given his angels assignments for the kids. But we didn't believe, but I'm a believer and I go to church and I believe in Jesus. And I'm a follower of Jesus, but you didn't find a lot of evidence because there was fear and scarcity in the equation. Why? Because giants are in the land. Whether it's land, whether it's five oak oxen, or whether it's a relationship, there's Giants present in every one of them. Anybody deal with shame? Guilt? Unforgiveness? Pride? Lust? Lots of giants. And it's time that we let the Lord come to his house so he can be glorified. And it put the giants out, once and for all. But there's such an arrogancy in our world, all over our world. Is anybody thankful that we live in America? You should be. But our nation, our nation, our country is drunk on a dream that's not a kingdom dream. And the only hope our nation, our country that we love, someone has got to make up their mind, enough's enough. And it's time to kill, kill the giants. It's time to kill them. Now, most all of us in this room has been tempted with this at some level. When you get something, you don't want to lose it. <laughs> Anybody ever been there before? You might say, yeah, man, I got a check in the camp, man. I don't want to lose what's in there. And you try to hold on to it and see how long it lasts. Oh, it's good stuff. And so this one character of which Jesus gave another parable. <laughs> said, you know what? I got all these barns full but I'm kind of afraid that's not enough. I'm going to tear down those old barns. I'm going to build some new ones, bigger, more of them, and I'm going to fill them up too. And he did, but he still was dealing with fear, and he still was dealing with this idea of lack. It's, It's amazing how you'll never get greed, never get satisfied, isn't it? When you have, you have enough, and then you want more, and you want more. And then the next thing you know, at the expense of relationships, at the expense of your own health, and the Lord says that he finally said, ah, I'm going to take my ease, I'm going to drink, and I'm going to be married. It's retirement time. And the Lord says that... The owner comes to that house and says, Thou fool, tonight your soul is required of you because he owns it. Whose is all that stuff that you stored up going to be now? We know this is true. We, we watch it happen all the time. And I've never been in the presence of someone that has lots of barns and them being full, never been in the their presence, unless they're full of the Spirit and there's operations out of those barns that are just flowing from one city to one country to the next. It's just, it's just a continual flow. And the only reason it's full is because the Lord keeps trusting because he can trust them with more because they don't own it. They're just stewarding, and he's able to pour it in until it's flowing out. How does God do that? Well, He's the owner, number one. And number two, He has angels that have assignments. And they can't fulfill their assignments as long as we're dealing with a giant called fear and scarcity. And we're trying to play God by being the owner of what possessions we have. The angels can't do their work. It's easy to fall into the category of being the fool. But that's not the identity God gave us, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't give that to us. And so, if you have been dealing with this idea that you own anything, can I encourage you to ask God to help you get delivered from that? Because your miracle... Is associated with your identity in him. I'm going to say that one more time. Your miracle and your fulfillment, the joy that you want to experience, and Disney World can't compete with it, the peace that you've been looking for in life, everything that brings you to a place of ecstasy, <sighs> Fulfillment is associated directly to your identity. Well done, thou good and faithful. We're his sons and daughters. We're his children. We're his mighty men and women of valor. But he gave us in this earth where the battle is the blessing and where there's giants in the land. He gave us the identity of stewardship because it's the best identity to have if you're going to live fulfilled. You don't want to own anything. I'm going to say it bluntly one more time. A coffee pot. A coffee pot. And God had to use a coffee pot to get my attention. And my wife and I talked this last couple of months and said, hmm, what are we going to do with this house? We're going to serve God's will. We're going to be servants because it's God's house. And we have it for a reason. And her and I, we're just open to what, hey. And by the way, I, I can't live up to fulfilling what God's plan is for that house that we own unless his daughter is operating in her gift. Because I don't do things like her. I I make it look ugly. She make it look pretty. (laughs) She puts good smelling stuff in there. I think mine smells good, but (laughs) like really? I'll go with cooking. Maybe that smells good. Nonetheless, it's all about being daddy's stewards. Well done, thou good and faithful You've been faithful over whatever you have in your possession. Remember this, it's little. Don't let the enemy tell you, ah, that's not enough. Oh, little is much if God's in it. Question is, do I let God get in it? And that mustard seed that moves that mountain, it looks like a little But when you let God get in it, it'll move a mountain and it'll kill a giant. And you can't contain all the testimonies that come in like waves. (laughs) What I do know right now about my daddy, your daddy, he don't make mistakes. And we're here today because he orchestrated this event. I couldn't. You couldn't, but we gathered because the spirit drew us. And he's doing something that lots of you are having visions. You see it. And an explosion is on the way. But it's not about the explosion, y'all. It's about what's going on in the battle right now that's so valid and so full of hope and, 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 and faith. And and love. Oh, and his presence is what produces all that. (laughs) The thing about it, if it takes a month, two months, or a year to arrive at mind-blowing stuff, it's his presence we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. God put this thing together today, and you and I host it, and he's working on us, and he's He's killing the influence of giants in our lives. He's destroying the devourer. And so David deals with the devourer. And God says it this way to Israel. Because you got, you got Adam and his issues of not understanding his stewardship identity. Then you have Israel And her identity crisis, right? And then I got that guy in the mirror and his identity crisis. But God says to Israel, you've left me. How have we left you? I don't have your heart. And what's always been mine will always be mine. This is God talking. He's talking. Go read it for yourself in Malachi 3. God don't change. Does God change? And if it was his in the beginning, is it his today? How did we ever get so messed up in our theology? And it's like we bargained with God. How did we get so messed up? He says, return to me. Return to me. Return, it's like those stewards that brought back the talents. Return them to me. I am here to get an account of my stewards. And if we'll do that, what's he say he'll do? He says, I will rebuke the devourer. And I will open up the windows of heaven. And I, because I can trust you, because you return to me, I will pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. And the nations will call you blessed. Not because of possessions, but because of the presence that you host. It don't add up how is it that you can be this blessed it don't you can't there's no figure there's no equation to add this thing up I've accepted my role as a steward of God's presence and all I can say is yes Lord and the angels go about and they take care of my his children y'all hear that I don't have to worry about my children The angels have their assignments. Do I trust God with his heritage? Some of us need to address that today. You've been trying to protect your children long enough. You've been thinking that you've got parenting figured out, and you don't have parenting figured out. The only one has got that figured out is Jesus. You just don't have it figured out. You need help. And I'll tell you what, them kids are going to show you you wished you'd asked Jesus long before you did. Every child will reveal to you that you didn't do what you thought you were doing. Because without God, you can do nothing. But with him, all things are possible. Could we stand? Father, I thank you for putting the enemy in his place right now. The giants are being addressed. Decisions are being made heaven is coming with an outpour of spirit rain hallelujah thank you father for trusting us amen for living in this particular time in history 2022 october the second you lord you have trusted us to be here in this moment of time Because you've got great big plans. And the enemy knows his time is short. He knows it. Do your people know it, Lord? And you're just asking us to give you an opportunity to come as a rushing mighty wind. A fire. You're asking us to give you an opportunity to come to your house suddenly. And give us the knowing that we need so that you can pour your glory into the earth. Anybody agree with this right now? Could you lift your hands to heaven and just say, Lord, come. I'm asking you, Lord, I need help. I've done it my way long enough. And I haven't done well trying to be an owner. (sighs) I'm ready to be your child, your steward. To steward your possessions, your kingdom. That's it. Just receive the Spirit right now. He's as real as you let Him be. If you want to come forward, you can come forward. And we'll pray with you. Yes, thank you for being with us today. If you need to go, you're welcome to go. But we're going to spend some time embracing our Father. Amen. And we're going to be kids of the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, for the miracle you're doing right now. God bless you.